0: See, We are on a mission from God. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Qureshi, also known as Q, and today's guest is somebody that I've known here in Austin for quite a while. We're actually friends IRL, not just on the internet, and he and I have, we have a lot to talk about, not just on this podcast, but just in general. So uh, this is going to be a small glimpse into the relationship that I have with my friend, Cornell Woldridge. Hey, Cornell.
1: Hey, what's going on?
0: Uh well, it is. uh it's hot out there. It's we're finally in summer in Austin. It is
1: so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, this is this is like the this is a part of the year that like I, I you know when my friends back back up east to talk about how cold it is, and I know how cold it gets up there. I say, listen, it gets just as hot here. And, of course, most of them don't know it because they don't come down here. They just hear about it and, and see it on TV, but they don't actually come down here. Right. So, like, I know how cold it gets up there, and I know how hot it gets up here, and it gets just as hot down there as it gets cold up here. And they don't believe me, but I'm like, yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> All right, well – uh I, uh, yeah, I went out for a little while. I think I'm going to stay in for the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> that, that is a wise, wise decision.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay. So we, uh, we, we are going to talk, we're going to talk about all the things, but we're going to kick off the podcast as is my custom with some icebreaker questions for you. Are Bring you ready? It. Okay. I am okay.
1: absolutely ready.
0: I know that. I know that about you. Okay. Number one, what is the last thing you watched on television?
1: The last thing I watched on television, man, I I mean, that's funny. I I say that like I watch a lot of TV, which I don't, um, Mm -hmm. but it just all kind of blurs together. The (laughs) last thing that I watched that I remember watching, and it's so funny because anybody that knows me is going to be like, wait, for real? Um, I actually watched uh, a a three part like kind of post season one of uh, 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 Love is Blind.
0: Oh, it is a, re- yeah.
1: a reality show on Netflix. And I, yeah, it was like the after the altar. I think it was uh, what I think it's two years after you know the end of that first season, and it was absolutely a glorious, glorious uh, shit show. But I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't stop watching. it.
0: <laughs> yeah well uh i have seen that i've actually seen the i haven't watched the show but i've seen it in the netflix choices and pondered it it is Um, it is
1: it is worth i I know it's gonna sound crazy it is worth giving it like a couple of episodes because like the idea of it I i mean you've seen a trailer but the idea of it is like Okay, so what would that be like? We always talk about, oh, you know, it's not about you know this. That's not about what they look like. It's just who they are as a person. It's like, okay, for real? Okay, it's, it's about how they are the other person. Cool. You never get to see this person. You just get to talk to them, just you and this person. Y'all get to talk and let's see if what you say is for real. And for some, it actually proves that it is. For others, not so much. But it's it's a fascinating idea. And, and do the yeah. concept like totally totally drag me in.
0: Wow. All right. Well, you know, maybe I'll uh, find some time to binge a little bit of that. I'm not a huge reality TV person. Neither am I.
1: Neither uh, am I, which is why I'm so surprised I'm even talking about the show. But it, it, <laughs> it got me. It absolutely got me.
0: All right. All right. That is uh, that is a compelling argument. I'm not going to lie. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: okay. Second question for you is what is the last book that you read?
1: I am currently reading a book that I mean, honestly, I, I don't care who you are as long, and I'd say as long as you live in the United States, you should probably consider reading this book. It's a book called My Grandmother's Hands, oh. and it is by Resmaa huh
0: and
1: it is it's a book that pretty much talks about the embodied um, trauma of, of racialized trauma. And it is, I mean, it talks about the epigenetics of trauma and it's, it's just fascinating. And I've heard about this author actually on a a podcast that I often listen to called into America. Mm. And it was just, just really, really good. And he was, he was uh, just talking about uh, just kind of that concept, that idea of, of like the, the, the bodied uh, form of trauma and like how important it is for black people to connect to that and actually deal with it at that level not just you know not just emotionally not just uh um psychologically but really the embodiment of it and so i'm in the middle of reading that book and i mean it's a very good book it's also really sad but Mm. it's an important book and I'm, I'm, i'm glad that i'm
0: reading it good all right i had not heard of it before now so i will check it out all right so then the last icebreaker question is what did you have for breakfast
1: I had a it's kind of weird to describe. It. It's like a, a breakfast breakfast scramble quesadillas, and actually I had two. And so I wow. there's this recipe that I got from this book I have for paleo. And I, I, ah. I, I don't do I don't do full, do full paleo, but I definitely have cut out a few few really important things in my diet. And so you know I kind of go there for different recipes. And there's this breakfast recipe they have, and they do it with like sausage and potatoes, which you're not uh-huh. supposed to have a lot of, but I actually, I changed out just regular potatoes for sweet potatoes. And so oh. it's sweet potatoes, sausage, and like a bunch of cut up greens. And it's a really good kind of hearty, um, just breakfast grammar, but I will also put it in cauliflower um, quesadillas and uh, and like a little bit of cheese. And so I made a couple of those today. And so wow.
0: All right. Uh, that's impressive. It sounds I, I, pretty I, fancy.
1: I, I, like, I like my cooking. I do. <laughs> it is. It is definitely a hobby of mine. That like, if I didn't have so many other things that I really am passionate about, I uh-huh. might like try to be a cook. But it's just, it's like probably number ten of uh, ten things that like I really care about. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm at that point in life where I, I've realized that like I, there's a capacity issue. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I love doing I love trying things. I love experimenting. But the thing is if I don't I if I if I don't get serious, like if I don't cut some of that down, I'm not gonna be able to really, you know, make any progress on the real big stuff that I care about.
1: Absolutely I mean it is I absolutely can relate to that and it is it's something that has plagued me for most of my life. There's so many things that I really care about. I'm like, oh man, this fascinates me. And I've just, like, as I've gotten older, I've had to be like, okay, I, I have to do that every so often. I, I, I cannot devote time to that because I've got other things that I know are more important.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've
1: got to devote time to that. And, like, if I just happen to have time, then, okay, maybe I'll do these other things. But, yeah, it is it is absolutely a capacity
0: issue for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's such a bummer. <laughs> it,
1: it is. It's just like, why can't I do all the things? I yeah. want to do all the things yeah. all the time.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, so yes, so now I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out where to trim the fat, but had <laughs> it so hard.
1: It is. It is very difficult. Adulting. This the definitely one of the times where like adulting just sucks.
0: It's bullshit. It Being an adult is bullshit. bullshit.
1: It yeah. is absolute unadulterated bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm glad uh, we can agree on we that. We can
1: absolutely agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: All right. So let's um, let's kick off our conversation and just give folks a little bit of an introduction to you. I'd uh... like you to share... <laughs> I'd like you to share with us, what is it that you, like, what is it that you do? Speaking of your passions. And uh, so I know that you have a job, a day job, and you work in education, and that's great. But there are uh, there are other things that you do that you devote a lot of time to. And you have, uh, and this is where, probably why you and I met and are right. friends. There are things that you are just absolutely, I would say these are your life mission things. Right. And so, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's. Uh, so, for anyone who has never heard of Cornell Woldridge, which is shocking, but if there is <laughs> anyone, <laughs> tell them what it is that you know makes you you.
1: Man, um, you know, I would say as far as like what I do in life, I am. I do everything I can to create the biggest conversation possible, mm. and that that takes us a lot of different forms. And typically, how I'm doing that is through civic empowerment. So I, you know, I've worked through nonprofits, I've worked on issue campaigns, you know, um, I'm actually on the board right now. I I really do what I can to bring, you know, to bring people together, to help people see things that maybe they're not considering and say, hey, this, this thing you're trying to deal with, this thing that you are wanting to address in your community or in your group, Here's something you may not be thinking about maybe getting in your way, or you're trying to connect to these people. Here's what you may be missing with these people. And if you can actually connect with this, if you can, if you can get this out of the way or address this, then you're able to connect with those people. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just always looking for opportunities, whether it be, you know, with a maybe a political group or with a nonprofit or a, a community to help, people connect or help build community, whether it be within you know, a a community or within a few different uh, groups of people trying to come together to do something. It's, it's hard to, like, I wish I could describe it more concisely than that, and I can't. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't think everything has to fit nicely into a tidy little box, and and actually, I think the most interesting and effective things in life don't. So I
1: agree, and that's it's hard. That is hard at times to like really be honest about that. Hey, it's just not always gonna work that way, and yeah, it does sometimes.
0: Great. So why civic engagement?
1: You know, because in this country, like, I feel like that's the ball game. I feel like. Anything and everything we do comes down to civic engagement because we're a nation of laws. We are a nation. We are like a government that is made up of citizens being a part of it, being represented, choosing who represents them, giving input to them. Getting it. It, it all starts with citizens and voters, and that part of our society has been just kind of. A, it's been on autopilot for so long and the autopilot is, is fucked up. Like, it's just not, it's not working. It has been working for a long time, but we're just like, oh no, no, it's fine. It'll have, it'll, it'll do it, it'll do what it needs to do. It's like, no, it has been doing that for a while now. We need to actually take this off autopilot and we need to do the hard work of actually steering this damn ship. And so for me, I feel like no matter what we do, as long as like you're here in this country and you're in, and you're in a place that is a democracy, that is what allows everything else to happen. And that is what allows us to, to pivot, to change, to shift, to do all those things because they're codified in law and in policy and, and stuff like that. And so that for me, that is like, that is the basis of our ability to progress as a society and as a country. So my God, I don't, I don't think there's any other place really to start because no matter what you do, when it comes down to it, either the resources or the infrastructure or the avenues for whatever it is you're doing to actually come about, it's going to eventually butt up with civic mm-hmm. engagement and with the, the, the democratic process. So why not work yeah. on
0: that? Yeah, I think that that is right. And I think one of the biggest challenges we have in this country is convincing people that they need to be active participants in self-governance, right? Yeah, Just Idea that you know we're not peasants with pitchforks, just you know at the mercy of whoever's up in the castle, and which is not to say there are not imbalances of power. Which is not to say that there are people that are always trying to game the system in their favor. All of that is true, but we all have the ability to participate in the process and to make changes on multiple fronts and on every level of government and. The only, which is amazing, it's fantastic, right? Right. The only thing is that it requires time and effort and energy. And, Absolutely. You know, and that's it, just not what people want to do.
1: Well, and it's, I mean, it's, and, and the thing that I think far too people don't give enough credit to is that instead of spending the time in, you know, and actually building, like really building civic infrastructure and building civic engagement as a priority for everybody. We have we've spent you no know, generations upon generations, you know, prioritizing commerce and prioritizing consuming and prioritizing like you know producing goods and things like that, and, and that has its place. But as I was saying earlier, we've completely ignored and just assumed, oh well, it'll just happen when it comes to democracy. And for me, when you've got that as what you're doing. When you've got that, this is a priority: is is the the free market and capitalism and commerce and all those things, and you're not giving like you know two shits about like the foundation of your society. Well, right. then, yeah, what are people going to care about? They're going to care about the thing that is always in front of their face, and so that's why like, I you know at one point when I was I was younger, like I used to just rail against voters like, oh my god, why aren't you all doing what you need to be doing? And then as they got older and just really paid attention, I'm like. Well, why would they? I mean, they have been inundated with messages of you need to get this car, you need to get this house, you need to get these clothes, you need to have these things, you need to find this place of yours in the economic system. There's nothing really that they get about their place in the civic infrastructure except every four years. And even then it's just, hey, trust me as this candidate to do this for you. And I want you to be involved in just in this period when it gets to me being elected. After that, don't worry about it. And right. so, you know, like I, I just got to a point where I start having more empathy for voters and saying, okay, yes, in some ways, they absolutely are the problem. And we've created that problem that they are. Like we as a society have helped create that problem. And so both things have to be worked on the voters and the system as itself, no, like in of itself.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what that looks like in practical terms. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that you have an organ- an organization, right? Called yeah. Civic Solve, right. where you do engagement stuff. You also ran for office last year. I did. Um, which was the first time you've ever run, hopefully not the last.
1: Uh, it, it won't be the last. And, and, and uh, officially it actually wasn't the first time, but it's the first oh. time that, like, that I really like full-fledged ran. I ran one time for... The, the equivalent of, um, I think it would be city council in like Great Barrington, Massachusetts, which is like it is a very small town. And I got asked to pretty much be like, hey, we need to make sure we have somebody who's a part of the Democratic Party running for an office here, would you mind doing it? Sure, that's fine, I'll do it. But as far as having a real campaign, a website, anything like that, it was no it was nothing. So it's not my first official time running, but yes, it is it's my first like, you know, full fledged campaign. And no, it will not be the last.
0: Okay. So what did what did you learn? What did you learn in that process that um, you know, you're a savvy guy and you've been engaged, you know, in different aspects of the political process for a long time but yeah. running for office is a unique experience what Man. what did you learn in that process
1: okay first thing i learned don't run officially in the middle of a fucking pandemic like, just don't,
0: do <laughs> <it>. <laughs> don't that do is that. some good advice my friend <laughs>
1: i mean but i mean it's 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 advice i gave us i said hey you shouldn't do this and i'm like you know what i'm gonna give it a shot like that is It's just, it's tough period, but when you can't get in, really get in front of people and you've got to do it via Zoom and you've got to, you know, you've got to do it just on the phone and and stuff like that. It's just, it's hard. I mean, and, and I, and it was more, it was more difficult for me because I, like my my personal life and professional life had not really given me the time to be in and and around the community. I knew what was going on and I knew people and I talked to people, but most people in the, you know, in the school district I ran for, for school board, they hadn't heard of me. So, you know, that was the first thing I had to deal with. It's just folks getting to know me, which is always a thing, but getting to me to the point where like, even folks who would want to support me and would want to like absolutely help me even trusted me because there was there's just so much distrust in like the school district like kind of apparatus of, of voters and activists that I mean I had people who you know with even within the Democratic Party um who were like you know give me the side like who's this guy and is he really is he really for these things or is he just you know trying to come in and and kind of you know subvert this process I'm like no I am who I say I am you're going to talk to people you can look at my Twitter like I, I don't I don't shy away from who I am. I am very honest. I put it out there every day, but still like it was, you know, when it comes to things like school board, like those lower level races, you know, nothing really beats getting to talk to somebody and like, and having real engagement with them. And so that was just really difficult to do during a pandemic. Um, I also learned, this is again, something I knew, but I just, you know, like I'm going to jump and we'll see if if I fly or, or fall or whatever. And, you know, I learned you gotta have like people in place just to help you do like the basic things. And I just didn't have that. So like a lot of the campaign was really just me. I had like a consultant that helped me and I had to, I ended up getting some activists eventually, but I mean, by and large, it was, it was me. And that's just really hard. I mean, again, with the pandemic, so I I, I didn't just have groups of people I could just connect with easily. Oh, yeah. Hey, this is just do that. I had to make calls and try to find out who could help and try to reach them. And it was just really difficult. So, you know, it's hard enough being a candidate, but being the candidate and the campaign manager and the the public relations person. And I mean, just all those things. It's just really hard on top of having a full time job and a life outside of all those things. (laughs) So, you know, I I learned that. And and just the the good, there are some good things I learned. Absolutely. The good things I learned was that when you put yourself out there and you are honest and, and you, you know, you don't shy away from the difficult questions, even if people don't like your answers, Like, they'll they'll respect you for being honest about, hey, yeah, this is what I think. Here's what I see. This is my perspective. And not trying to sugarcoat it or not trying to talk, you know, on both sides of an issue. They appreciate someone who's going to be honest with them. And so, you know, I had people who are conservative who did support me and said, you know what? Like, I I didn't know you, but I saw you on this thing or saw you in this event. And, like, I really appreciated that you knew about these things or that you considered these issues And, you know, I don't agree with you on everything, but I think that you are somebody that is going to really look out for the kids and are are going to, you know, be someone who will represent people like well. And I was like, that's awesome. Like that is, that's a huge compliment. But yeah, when you are yourself and you don't shy away from the issues that people really care about, like they're respected for it. And, you know, you may even get people who may otherwise not like what you have to say, who might still support you.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I actually, you know, one of the reasons why I am such a fan of like state and local politics Mm -hmm. is I think there's much more opportunity for that. I think there's much more uh, opportunity for bipartisan support on the lower levels of government. I mean, once you get to a certain level, it just becomes like a power grab. Each party is just basically trying to stay in power. But when you, when you're down here on the ground, floor. Uh, you are able to prove yourself in a different way that helps people look past the labels, the political labels, and invest their time and their energy, their dollars and their votes in you as a person, right? As a, as a right. leader, as an individual leader. And I think Absolutely. that's really Important, And I also think that's why local and state politics is more interesting.
1: I mean, well, it's, it's, it's not just more interesting. I mean, and I completely agree with everything you're saying. And this is what's so messed up about how we do um, civic engagement and civic participation and, and politics in this country is that the the pillars of power that are most accessible are the ones that people pay the least attention to.
0: Yep, but they're yep. also
1: the ones where you really get to know, you get to see, and you get to talk to them. I mean, if like, for instance, if I were to have become, you know, a, a school board trustee, like someone may see me at the grocery store and be like, hey, trustee Woolridge, what the hell are you thinking with voting? And I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to talk to them and say, well, you know, here's what I was thinking. And like, they, they'll see me. I'm not going to see, you know, Joe Biden at HEB, you know, getting some produce. Right. It's not going to happen. Right. And so like, I'm not going to see Ted Cruz. I'm not going to see, I'm not going to see people at the federal level in most cases, unless I make a point to do that. Whereas mm-hmm. with, you know, municipal, county, you know, even state rep and state Senate, like those are the levers of power that are just within reach of, of the average person. But it's, it's not as sexy. It doesn't get as much money. So, it's just not as paid attention to. But I've, I've been saying this for a long time. I'm like, listen, you want to make a difference in your actual life? Know who your city council member is. Know who your mayor is. Know who like your county, you know, uh, your county officials are. Know those people and get to know their offices because by and large, those are the folks who can actually have something to say or something to do with helping you address an issue or know about what's going on much more than your senator, than your congressperson, than the president. But of course, those are the ones that that get money. Those are the ones that get in front of the TV that we're all looking at because we watch our favorite shows or whatnot. And that's where where all the attention goes to. But it's not where citizens really have their power. Like That's not where their role as citizens really comes into play. It's it's like you said, it's at the local and state level.
0: Not to mention, look, and and I know, like, I know that there are big issues. I am all for engagement all the way up and down the, you know, the different levels of government, but there are things that are literally impacting your day-to-day life, right? That are, these are not like ideal ideological arguments. These are like practical everyday things that are impacting your life and why no one seems interested in voting on those things or, <laughs> or having, you know, public discussion around those things is beyond me. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, I mean, it it it, it, well, it doesn't make sense until, like I said, you, you stop and you consider, okay, the people, you know, who are not at the highest, you know, um, the highest levels of, uh, you know, even just society they're like they're busting their ass every day every hour just trying to make things like just make mundane things happen so you know they can they can watch tv and maybe see what's going on with the senate or see what's going on with their congress member or see what's going on with the president they actually have to get out of their house and go somewhere go to a meeting to see what's going on with their city council member or with uh, the mayor and so you know when you've got people that are are having to work so hard just to make it, like they don't have a whole lot of time to spare. And so like that's where the whole, all the emphasis on uh, economics and on commerce, that's where that comes into play because it keeps people who really need to be taking advantage of the levers of power, it keeps them in a place where they can't because they're working so hard because they have to have so many jobs to make things like, you know, make ends meet that there's no, that they don't have the time or the energy to be taking advantage of something that, hey, this is where you, like those of you all that don't have power, this is where you can get power. Oh, I'm sorry. You've got to go work your second shift over here so you yeah. can make a rent. And so, you know, it, it is... It is the absolute like biggest tragedy in our country that the people who really need to be taken advantage of the system that we're all part of are kept from the system so that they can just like survive. And like, right. and, and meanwhile, the civic infrastructure, civic engagement, civic empowerment, that, that should be a part of survival, but it's not. It's all about money. It's all about the jobs. Yeah. And when we if and when we get to a point where we're able to shift that priority, like, hey, yes, economics are important. And we we're going to put in things in place so that you being a part of this process in this way is also a part of just what you or we want you as a citizen to do. And we're going to make ways for that to happen when we're able to do that then like a lot of huge change happens but like that's a that's a big if and it's not going to just happen overnight.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about this in the context of of poverty. Like it's okay. and it's a well understood idea this idea of the cycle of poverty, right? And yeah. like I grew up impoverished, right? We didn't mm-hmm. have money and so and my brother and I have had this conversation. It took us a long time once we got to be adults to really understand very basic things about Supporting yourself, having money and managing your money and doing all these little things that we never even thought about, right? Our parents Absolutely. never trained us to do these because it's just, it wasn't part of our life. So we didn't have the money anyway to manage. So it right. didn't matter. Absolutely, right. And so, right. yeah. And so. Uh, and that's why you see, you know, folks who, you know, maybe broke, and then they win the lottery, and then they end up broke again, right? right All of right, that, right. right? So, and I think that that is a very similar kind of like civic engagement, our interest in the political process. Those are things that, even with the most compelling arguments, and, and people may even agree with those arguments. What underpins those things are a whole bunch of habits. That have to be built right? a whole bunch of things that have to be done over time and incorporated into your lifestyle and into the all the other things that you have to do and it's just not easy to, no. to get into that groove and so we you know we have to be clear about the struggles that people who have been disenfranchised are facing it's not a, just even a matter of access right. there are there are really personal things that you have to take into consideration and like commit yourself to and unless you're really sold on it and you can't be really sold on it unless you've actually done it and seen how it benefits you
1: or, 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 <laughs> right? absolutely I mean, it's, it's 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 a very it's a very personal thing and yeah. You know, and, and and you know, I was I was saying what uh, a few weeks ago about that we need to, I mean, if, if you no, know, we need to try to take advantage of the association that like what we've been doing for so many decades, which is the focus on on capitalism and focus on on uh, economics, and we need to we need to you know those of us who care about and recognize how important civic engagement and, and civic empowerment is. Just to like actually building any kind of life for yourself, we've got to make a case economically for it because there is a case to be made. If you look at all of the places that are, you know, that are in the you know top 10, top 15 percent, they the, all those people. In those areas, they are civically involved in like three, four, five ways. Like if, yeah. and the thing is, it's just what they do. It's what yeah. they've grown up knowing how to do. And it's how they make connections. It's how they build relationships. It's how they get business done. They get so much done through those civic relationships. And they don't necessarily see it as, oh, this is civic engagement. They say, oh, well, I'm just, I'm on a board. Or I'm on a committee. Or I'm part of this group. And it's like, yeah, this group is doing things in the city. It's helping make decisions that affect hundreds or thousands of people. And it's just what they, it's its, it's what you do. It's what is what I was, was raised to do. It's a habit. I grew up understanding it's what you do. I didn't question it. And so we've got to make a case economically then and say, hey, listen, it is important, not just to you as you know a citizen, it's important to like your economics. If you know these things that are happening, if you are vigilant about decisions being made You can be a part of either making this thing happen that's going to benefit you, or you can be part saying, "Hey, there's no way in hell I'm going to let this happen in my community, my neighborhood, because it's going to affect me adversely." And what happens far too often, because there's not the attention to that, is people find out after the fact, and you can't. It's so much harder to undo bills or laws. Yep. So if you if you find out, oh, this is happening, oh, we got to stop this. Like it's already a law so you could try to stop it but trying to undo a law is real difficult on purpose. So that's I mean it is that case where it's not just a moral good but it's it's an economic good to be civically engaged and civically involved and we don't make that case. It's right. Just a moral this is the right thing to do. This is this is this is you know this is what it means to be American and and you know and, and care for your kids and like I know it's all those all true things. And oh yeah, People who are civically engaged and civically involved may, no, I don't know what the numbers are, but like if we can make a case, hey, they earn three or four dollars more an hour than yes. someone who isn't it's like, oh, really? Yeah. And here's why. They're like, oh, crap. Well, if this is going to affect my pocketbook, then, you know, I, I hate that it has to be that way. But if that's what we've been focusing on for so long and we have been as a country. Then we need to. We kind of need to lean in and say, "Okay, I'd love for it to be just about a moral good, but we've already, we've already built in all these habits around money and economics and, and capitalism. We need to like, we need to lean into that and and make it relatable to that because that's what people understand because that's what we've been pushing in front of them for so many years.
0: I, I don't view it as being cynical. Yeah, right? I don't view it as being cynical. I feel like we all want what's best for all of us right mm-hmm. so uh you know for each of us like we all want right. this, so like appealing to that appealing to this idea of this is going to give you more right, right. this is going to give you a, a better life it's going to give you more um security it's going to give you a, a framework that you can you know build a future for yourself and your family i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's no. the whole point i think that's a whole point
1: i know I, I, I completely agree and it's and it is it's meeting people where they're at. I mean, you know, there's, there's, a, there's an argument that gets made in general, you know, about Democrats and you know, about progressives. And, you know, it sucks, but it's so honest that we, and I include myself, you know, it's progressive I mean, I wouldn't say, I'm certainly not a, a far left person. I, I'm, I'm probably more towards the center, but I'm, I'm still a progressive. And we absolutely talk to people like we talk to everybody, like they also have gone to three or four courses of philosophy and ethics and all this, and it's like most people are like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like we're not actually meeting them where they are, and so mm-hmm, if we meet right. them where they're if we meet them where they're at, and we say, "Okay, hey, let's just let's, let's tell you that this is important for this reason," you can absolutely connect to without any real work. Cool. Let's have you do that for a while, and then as you do that, you're going to raise to another level. So now you're mm-hmm. at this level. Hey, here's why else is important. Oh, okay, I can see this now. And here's I mean, but you've got to start at the bottom. It's like trying to explain supply and demand to like a two year old about why they can't have a cookie. It's, just, it's like I-, I want this cookie. Well, listen, in the the, <laughs> in, the in the in the marketplace. You've got to have this kind of resource to get this kind of supply. I mean, the kids are like, I just want a cookie. Why can't I freaking have a cookie? Like, you're not okay. going to explain supply and demand to them. You can say, you can have a cookie because I said so, or whatever. You're going to meet them at that level, and they're going to understand. And so, you know, I'm not calling people kids, but I'm saying, you know, you've got to communicate. And you've got to reach them where they're at and let them know, okay, you're actually communicating to me in a way that I can understand And I don't feel like I'm being talked down to and I appreciate that and give them time to 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 build in that understanding. And then maybe you can start talk about other levels of why this is important. But you can't start at level three if somebody's still like drowning in level one of like why you want to do something and like the virtues of it. And so I agree. Like it's there's nothing at all cynical about saying, hey, you know what? You're focused on your wallet. That's cool. Here's why being civically engaged is going to enhance your your wallet folks like oh okay well how do i do that okay let's talk about that right whatever gets them there let's get them
0: agreed so then let me ask you this yeah um and this is something that i know you've remarked on in the past and it's something that i find really troubling and it's the sense that it's not even worth trying right this idea that the whole system sucks burn it all down right. no, nobody's going to you know make any difference and blah 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 and i understand like i do understand like i'm right. i'm nihilistic at times myself right. but i also think that there's no like what what are you going to do No system is going to be perfect, right? And so you do what you can with what you have. I feel like there's two kinds of people. I feel like there are the people that are waiting to try to make the system better so they can fulfill whatever they think things are going to be. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that are like, well, this isn't perfect, but I'm going to do what I can within it and make things the way that I think that it's supposed to be. And I just feel like overwhelmingly at this point in time, more people are in the former group where they're just like, fuck it. I don't, I don't, you know, like we don't like when people were telling me they didn't want to vote in the last election. I mean, it's just.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong as far as like feeling like that is like, like that is so prevalent. And the thing is, I don't know if it is. I mean, it might be, I mean, and, and, you know, it, it might be, it may not be. And what's important or what I think is a key takeaway is like, is that's, that's the message. That's a prevalent message. Whether that's actually representative of a majority of people is less of a consideration. Like if that's the message and that keeps, keeps getting repeated over and over and over again, then yeah, people who may have been, be on the fence, be like, yeah, you know what, this whole thing does suck. It's not worth it. What I mean, I wasn't sure I was thinking about it, but I keep hearing about why it's not worth it. Now, I'm not hearing enough about why it is worth it. Maybe uh-huh. it's not worth it. And so, you know, for me, I, I, and and this is—it's—it's it's interesting because I—I—I I, I don't know if 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 this is if this is really true, but it's been—it's my experience. This is something that me and my partner know, who's who's white. You know, what, mm-hmm. we, what we talk about is, I feel like it is potentially a racial difference, and I say that because, you know, I mean, black people in this country, like we have. Overcome and had to overcome so much just to just to be at the bottom. (laughs) Just to like be at the bottom of things. We've had to like overcome and survive so much. And so for me, like and and this is where what I was talking about as far as uh, my grandmother's hand, the book that I'm reading, this is where like this, like those lessons and that that history being in the blood and being passed on, for me, it's like, hey, you know what? My great-grandmother, my great grandfather, like they like they had nothing like they literally just had their lives, weren't, which weren't actually theirs. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, they could be killed or beaten or whatever for any given reason at any given time. And, you know, and they survived, they survived and they in some way created other offspring who then survived and created more. I mean, so for me, it's like, Hey, I get that it feels like that it's not worth it, but I know for me, that would be an affront to the people that survived all Mm -hmm. those years for me to just say, hey, I know that you gave up like a lot to make it so that I can actually be here and have these things that you could never imagine. But I just don't know that it's worth it and I'm just going to not do anything. Like for me, that's like that's like the biggest F you to them. And I'm not trying to flip the bird to people who like could have just given up then and then not made it so that I'm not even here. And they did. So like, that's where I think there may be a kind of difference in perspective as far as, you know, maybe a typical white person and a typical black person as far as looking at the system and seeing it as, okay, this is just hopeless and it's not worth it. And it's like, well, that's cool for you because, your life isn't likely going to be significantly affected if you don't engage like you're Mm -hmm. not going to lose rights you're not going to like have your way of living go down significantly if you're not you know involved because the system is made to benefit you but if you're not white and you're not involved you can count on the fact that that system is going to screw you and it's going to not give a damn about what you have to say about it. So you've got to say something about it. And so that's where I think, you know, because I've encountered a lot and when I stopped to think about, who am I hearing this from? It's like, I'm hearing this from white people. And that doesn't mean that their emotions are not valid. They totally are. It just, it speaks to a lack of awareness of, yeah, your life, you cannot care about this and your life's fine. If I don't care about it, you know, like, for instance, me, like I may no, I'm a two hundred ninety pound <laughs> black man. I'm six foot three. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who have no reason to be, but that will be scared of me if they just see me on the street. And so I can get my ass whooped at <laughs> like, any given moment because of that. And so me not being involved and me not pushing you, hey, we need to have more training. We need to have more issues addressed when it comes to police brutality that will absolutely affect me. The average white person is not going to affect them at all. They're like, right. I mean, they may see things they don't want to, have to they don't want to, have to see and experience, but it's not going to likely mean death or or physical violence if they don't do anything with that. So it's like, hey, the price you pay for not being involved is a lot lower than the price I pay for not being involved. So yeah. I, I can see it and I can I can understand it. I just can't relate. <laughs> yeah. you know, like that's that's yeah.
0: Go ahead. I, I mean, do you think that there's a, a particular reason why, or, you know, maybe I just didn't know. I mean, part of our issue here is yeah. that the like our lens has suddenly become like enormous because of digital media. Right. right. So Absolutely. to me, it feels like there's this sudden uptick in just uh, just cynicism and like loathing <laughs> right yeah. and uh you know i i don't know if that's always been the case or if it's a new thing but i see it now all the time and it's it bothers me yeah. and i'm not i'm like dude i am not a fucking pollyanna right. no way. but, <laughs> but still, also yeah. like i i have to i have to question the environment in which we're you know we're carrying out this deliberative democracy where the overarching kind of mood is fuck it
1: right well be, you know it's 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 so interesting that we're talking about this because i had a conversation in fact it's funny i'm actually right now because i wanted to find a, a quiet space and my home is is kind of nut because i have two dogs who uh-huh. will bark at any given moment i'm like i can't find quiet enough space for that so i'm in the home of actually like my my brother or my best friend's and I was actually talking to, to his son, who's who's pretty much my my nephew. And he's he's, he's very intelligent, he's sharp, he's, he's he's all these things. And he is in that place you're talking about as far as like, forget about it, nothing matters, and, you know, we're not gonna do anything about it. And you know, we've we've had a number of conversations, like really intense conversations about stuff like this. And after our last conversation, which was probably about a month and a half ago. You know, I talked, I talked to his dad and I said, hey, you know, I had, a, I, had a, I had a conversation with your son and here's what we talked about. And what I came to is, you know, the the generations that I feel like it's you not, know, I feel like maybe to an extent, this would be Gen Z, maybe the very end of millennials like, you know, the 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 advent of technology and of, of social media and all of all of these ways to get all this information about everything that's going on in the world, it's fascinating and it's wonderful if you know what to do with it. And unfortunately, <laughs> like my generation and the generations you know before us, like we've done a horrible job at preparing like the generations after us. To actually know how to deal with it. like, hey, how do you actually handle this? How do you? What do you go to when like it seems like the world's gonna end? Because you know people are becoming less and less, you know, religious, so they they don't they don't necessarily have that to lean on, which you know older generations like that's that's all they had, and you know they don't necessarily have civic you know civic uh, groups. I used to be a Rotarian, but you know the Rotary and, and groups like that like they aren't nearly as as prominent as used to be. So all these pieces of infrastructure that you know generations before could kind of go to and could help bolster them and help help them see hope when things seem really horrible. These generations they don't really have that but they have like twice the information to sort through and to actually look at. So imagine having like all that information and half the tools to actually deal with it. And so you know it's I, I have I have significant like sympathy for the generations that are coming after me because of that at the same time, you know, I'm also like, hey, I, I get you have this feeling, I get this is your experience, and I-, I hear that, I can respect that. That doesn't mean you're right. And like you've got like, you know, there there is some of this where yes, you need to actually listen to people who are older than you, who have been through shit and who can tell you, hey, I've been through really horrible things that I didn't think I was going to make it through. Or I've seen this world go through really horrible things. They're like, oh my God, how are we going to deal with this? And we found a way to deal with it. Maybe it wasn't as well as we'd like to. Maybe it was not perfect. Maybe there's some real mistakes we made in dealing with it, but we still did. And so it doesn't mean that that's always going to happen, but it certainly doesn't mean that no, because things seem absolutely hopeless, that they are hopeless. It's more right. that you don't know where to go, what to do with this information that you're just being inundated with every day. Yeah. And yeah, when you get that, it, it is absolutely it is like a bullet train to nihilism. You know? uh-huh. So like so so I it's so so I, I I can absolutely like I hear that and it it tears me up like when I think about know what I haven't done or what my my parents didn't do or what my grandparents didn't do that could have better prepared the, you know, the next generations to deal with all this information and all of the knowing about what's going on. It's like, they're getting all the knowledge and none of the ability to turn that knowledge into power. It's just knowledge. And it's like, okay, what do I do with this? This is overwhelming. I'm just going to shut down. And I can't blame them in some ways for that, but I can blame them for then being that way and not listening to people who are like, Hey, I'm here. Let's talk about this. I can share experience with you to help you see what is harder for you to see. And when they don't want to do that, it's like, okay, I actually am throwing you a life trap here and yeah. you're too busy like giving me the bird as you're drowning in the water, like, what do I do? <laughs> I can't, I, I can't make you grab the life raft and come to me. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's tough. And But I also understand. I, I get what, like how they're, how they are that way and what hasn't been done to prepare them so that they can have a different experience with all of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that to some extent this has always been the case and, and blah, blah, blah. It's just disheartening. And, and, but, but there's not much you can do about that. And so for me, and what I've uh, assertively been doing is looking to the people who are all in, who are, who do want to make things work, who aren't pie in the sky, <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, idealists who are not, who are, who are more interested in the people over the the politics in the process. And when I wow. see those people, they're the ones that I can give my attention to because they're the ones that are making it happen. They're the ones that are making it, that are actually making it yeah. work. And I, I don't know, like I, at some point you just have to realize you're not going to reach everybody.
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that is like, that, that is one of the, I mean, I still, I still fail with this in, in understanding, Hey, I'm not going to reach everybody. I'm not going to convince everybody. And I really work hard to not try to convince anybody of anything at at most. I'm like, Hey, let me offer you something that maybe you can consider. And maybe in the considering of that, maybe you see things a little bit differently. Or your or your site is just bigger. You may still be in the same place you were, but you can see more, and so you can consider more. And be like, okay, well, maybe there are nuances that I can I can now incorporate into my perspective. But you know, yeah, it, it's it's hard because I do I want to get to all the people all the time, and and that's you know that's why you know learning that I just I can't do that, or I will burn myself out. That's that's where I start doing things like. Okay, I'm not going to be on social media for like a month, and I know you do that too. It's just you know what, I gotta put it down. Yeah. If I don't put it down, it's gonna put me down, and that's not okay. <laughs> so you know, but yeah, it is that it is that understanding that you're not gonna reach everybody. So don't try to don't try so hard to reach everybody. Reach who you can, and really reach them. Like really connect with them in whatever way you can, so that maybe that interaction might be the thing that helps them see or do something differently they wouldn't have done. And who knows where that goes, because if, you know, I mean, it's, it, 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 may sound Pollyannish, but if you've got a group of 50 people that you're talking to and you reach one person in that 50, like that group of 50, that one person may then go and reach 10 or 12 other people, like, you know, within a month. Well, guess what? You've now reached 13. So, okay. Like don't fret over not reaching everybody just focus on who you can reach and make make those interactions as authentic and as genuine as you can. because one, we have a dearth of genuine, authentic like uh, interactions in this world period. So that in of itself, regardless of what it's about, can make a huge difference. But if you're able to help, you know, widen somebody's perspective or, you know, help them engage with like their lives in ways that they haven't before, that's huge. Cause we just don't have nearly enough of that. And even that little crack of a different perspective can make a huge difference. And, And so, you know, so yeah, like you're not gonna reach everybody, just reach the folks you can and do what you can to make those people that you're reaching, like know that you're with them and you are actually connecting to them and not just, you know, not trying to sell them something.
0: Well, I think, you know, I think you've got your work cut out for you. We have, <laughs> we we have our work cut out for us. I'm going to, so I'm going to put myself on your team. <laughs> uh But uh again, like uh, I spend a lot of time down in the dumps and it's not a fun place right. to be. And so that's no. why I really value knowing you because as, Intense as you can be, right? And you are intense. (laughs) Uh, And and, uh, you are also a person who is filled with hope. And I find that refreshing, actually, and I find it really inspiring. And it's the kind of thing that keeps me going when I'm discouraged or when I'm feeling cynical. And, uh, and so I appreciate your voice so much and not just your voice, obviously also all of the, the actual on the ground work that you're doing to get people online and off to engage with one another and to really, to really commit to building our society in a way that's good for all of us. And it's, it's hard work. Like it's not, it's not an easy job, but, um, what's, what's the alternative, right?
1: the the alternative is is to is you know to just do your thing, and, and there are people that that's what they can do, and I mean for me, I, I think I talked about this maybe a couple of months ago. I said you know everybody's got a role to play, and they're not the same role, and that's fine. Like do like you no, know, I feel like if you can find your role in like the world that you exist in. And you can play the hell out of that role. Okay, like that's that is that's winning. Like that is winning in life. And you know, if you do that, then yeah, maybe you end up being able to play another role. Like, okay, well I did that for a bit, but now I'm gonna play this uh-huh. one. But at any given time we all have a role in the world that we exist in. And I feel like if you can play that role and just worry about that, then like life is generally so much happier when we're doing that because like we're if we're playing our role then we are we're where we need to be we are doing what we need to be doing and like we're going to make a difference we may not be able to see it but we're going to make a difference and like I, I feel like our society in general would be so much better if people you know found our roles and played them and didn't necessarily worry about what other roles people need to be playing or trying to tell oh, this is what you need to be doing. Like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on me and do my role. And if I can do my role well, then maybe that helps other people do their roles. And that's cool. I'll help people that way. But I'm not going to try to act like I know what any and everybody needs to be doing. And so, yeah, you know, just, just play your role and in whatever role that looks like. If it's mean, just, just being a post person, guess what? Your people get their damn mail. And that's huge. <laughs> yeah. So help people get their mail. <laughs> like if that's cool. Like just do that. But yeah, this is the role that I I have resisted it at times in my life. There have been a few times that I've put this down, but like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do this. Because I'm a creative person. So I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna I've written a screenplay, like I've I've done a number of things. I'm like, I'll just do this but i it just uh come back to this and it, it, it comes out of like my family history and, and how i grew up so you know like, this is my role and, and there are plenty of times it sucks playing this role i'm like i want where's my understudy because i'm just gonna go chill for a bit you do this but it's it's my role and i i play it as best as i can and and i don't know if i see other people like oh you know what i think that's my role too okay well let's play our roles together and you know, I just I do the best I can, and like I said earlier, when I need to take a break and stop, and that's something that I've learned from you, and I really, really appreciate it. Is like valuing the like the stepping away and like saying, you know what, I'm I have to step away for my own sanity, I have to step away for like my own life. Yeah. And my life and my sanity is worth stepping away from. I get to all those problems that I want to help and work on. They're going to be there. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> they will be there when I, go, when I come back. But I'm going to go away for a bit because I value myself and my sanity enough to do that. And before, like, you know, I remember the first time I, I saw you do that. I was like, wow, I mean, she's really just like, she's just going to be off for like, you know two three weeks holy crap how is she gonna do like I was like the, I can't imagine doing that and so like I I'm, the first time I remember seeing you do that was maybe like a couple years ago and I was just like that's crazy but then last year like you know, last year I did that and then I did that and then what did I do I came back like you know what I'm gonna run for office yeah. <laughs> but like had I not taken that break I probably wouldn't have had that time to like to have thoughts come into my head say, you know maybe you should do right. this. And so not that we aren't still playing our roles when we're taking a break, but we're just playing a different part of the role. And that's fine too. You just take a, a step back and, and play a more relaxed role. There's a lot of wonderful things that can happen when you're like not doing anything. So do those things too. Yeah,
0: Totally. And I think also, I think we, we, we get so fixated on things that we've set our mind to do that we don't, that that we're actually we may be missing some of the things that are naturally aligned to what who we are and and where we can best be using our resources so I think having a slower pace and I mean this is all learning that I've had in the last few years I'm you know almost 50 and like I've only just figured out that maybe you should should (laughs) slow down and like take it as it comes and then you know you're in a much better position to make Choices and to respond. Then, the, if you're not in this state of perpetual reactivity, right?
1: Well, and, and perpetual motion is like, hey, you will eventually like you are not a a device, you're not an object. Like you're those perpetual motion, you know, things that you you move and they just move. Those are devices. Those are not human. Like those are not living creatures. Living creatures were not made to perpetually move. We eventually need to stop and slow down. So yeah, like. When you can stop, you see things differently than when you are running. Like you you know you both views are important, but you've got to have both views too. And you can only have both views if you do both things if you're moving, but then yep. you also stop. Yeah.
0: yep. All right. well, Cornell, thank you so much for your time. I know it's uh, Sunday afternoon. You're a busy guy. You probably want to be just kicking back relaxing but you got on you got on the internet and <laughs> you gave me an hour and i really appreciate oh, it, it you, it's long overdue you overdone.
1: are so very welcome i you know i mean we, we've been talking about this for you know for a few months now and and when you reach out it's like hey i know we've talked about this before do you want to do this i was like i was like hells yeah so i am absolutely so excited to be spending this time and yes yeah, sunday is the time i generally try to rest and I'll try to have a good time. And this conversation has been a good time. So this has been in the flow of my day. I'm so glad that I could I could share this out with you.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, we will be sure to let everybody know um, where they can find you on the internet awesome. in our show notes. And I am looking forward to you living a long and successful life leading us in civic engagement. I, I am so proud to know you and proud of the work that you do and uh, I think it's just going to keep getting more and more uh, effective and reaching more people and I couldn't be happier about well, it. Well, you know,
1: from, from your mouth to the creator's ears, um, <laughs> I, hope, I hope all that's right and, and something I'm looking forward to, we've got to make this happen. I'm looking forward to finally taking 30 minutes or something for you to show me how to properly make chai because ah, it's yes. horrible. My chai is so bad, and I love it. But I'm like, I have to drink all these other chais that are awful. Like this big bag of tea, that, or this big bag of chai, because I know that they're both the same thing. This bag of of chai that like <laughs> is ready to be made. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to butch you anymore. I'm going to wait till my friend Q can take some time, and we can figure out how to make you properly. So I'm looking forward to all whenever right. we can make that happen, because I need some proper chai.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know, football season is just oh, around the corner, yes. and uh, <laughs> you know, you'll have to come on over and have some chai with us and watch. Oh, football. well,
1: absolutely. You know, me and me and uh, me and Mr. Q, we we've got some we've got some <laughs> conversations to have uh, here now in, in oh, about yeah. a month or so.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. He told me when I told him I was going to talk to you. He's like, <laughs> I'm sure he's like, sure. like to my shooter <laughs> friend I said hello. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but that's that is between you two. I, to I totally
1: to understand. Yeah. Don't worry, do <laughs> <worry.
0: laughs> All right, all right, my friend. Have a great rest of the day and a great week, and um, and I will talk to you again soon. I all hope. right,
1: thank you so much, you. Don't come back until you've redeemed
0: yourselves.